Good evening. Welcome to the Snake River Lib. It's the day after January 6th. It's the 7th. And no, I wasn't planning on doing a podcast today, but I wanted to talk a little bit about a couple of things that have happened um, and to reflect on those. First, I want to talk just briefly about the jobs report came out today. Um, I'm not... (laughs) The jobs report really is meaningless. The unemployment rate, which dropped to 3.9%, is equally meaningless. And when I say it's meaningless, it's because that 3.9% only is reflective of people who are actively seeking jobs and who have jobs. If people have decided to not work anymore and they've retired or gone on disability or they're stay at home or whatever, um, they're not counted uh, in the unemployment numbers. But here's what I am going to talk about in regards to those numbers. The estimate by economists was that over 400,000 jobs were going to be created for the month of December. 420,000, I think, but don't quote me on that. It's over 400,000. And so when the jobs report comes in for December at 199,000, The markets reacted, of course. Uh, treasury, treasuries, uh, the yield on treasuries went up. And because that's always what people tend to do, stocks get hit for a little bit anyway, not all day. Here's my question. This year, economists have gotten that monthly number wrong almost every month significantly wrong at what point if you are a president of the united states or if you're the ceo of a company At what point, when somebody is that wrong, that many times, do you say it's time to kick those idiots to the curb? And, more importantly, are these the same economists that said there was no inflation or that inflation was only transitory? And if so, well, that's been proven wrong, too. You know, when I worked uh, at the center as a controller, one of my uh, uh, peers was walking by the weather desk, and the weather guy was talking about how he'd like to earn as much money as controllers. And my peer said to him, you know, If I could be wrong 75% of the time and still have a job, I think I might be happy with that at your pay. And just walked off. Now, actually, the weather person that I'm referring to actually was pretty accurate. In fact, I'll never forget one night when he called it and we did everything that we could 
to keep an event from happening, but because that was not the consensus of the weather uh, specialists in the country, it didn't happen. But he was absolutely right, spot on on it, 100%. Um, but weather is unpredictable. There are too many variables. And so they use all sorts of different models and try to get a consensus model. And of course, uh, anyone who understands the concept of consensus, really, it's, it's not very good. Because when you're doing your consensus, you're hoping that all the models that you're using to try to make a forecast have taken, at least in each, you know, using all these models, that all the variables that are involved are included. And the problem is, is you can't do that. You know, economics is a pretty hard science. It's not a, you know, people try to blend it in with social sciences. Go and take a look at your economics courses and see they are not social science courses in um, the traditional aspect. But be that as it may, the reason I mentioned the jobs report is simply because at what point... Now, you can't fire them if they're government employees, these economists. Uh, you can't. I mean, it's almost impossible. But you can get other economists, you know, form a different committee. And ignore the other ones. And at some point you're going to have to start doing that. Because you can't keep being wrong. Now. I wanted to lead in with that. Because the big news of the day. Well. If you're. Uh, watching the Supreme Court. The big news of the day today was. They had oral arguments. Regarding. Um. Um, Biden's various mandates on vaccinations. So first, I want to before before we get into that, I want to. I it really bothers me that we still refer to these things as vaccines. One, Pfizer and Moderna were not actual vaccines in the traditional sense from the onset, but. The reason that it bothers me now more than ever is, is because we have now seen that they do not, do not prevent the disease. And that's the whole point of vaccines, is to prevent a vaccine or prevent a disease. And we found conclusively through massive dosing of the American and world public that the disease doesn't give a flying flip about the vaccine. Now, what the vaccines do, apparently do, is that they lessen the symptoms to where deaths may be rare, though not as rare as the deaths of someone who has already had COVID and gets it again. 
and the symptoms if hospitalization is quite likely not necessary. And in fact, the person may be asymptomatic, meaning no symptoms at all. That does not mean they don't have COVID. In fact, studies have shown that someone who's vaccinated can be carrying a full viral load of COVID as they walk around and interact with people. Why is that important? Well, it's important because it's not the unvaxxed that you have to be afraid of. Well, you don't have to be afraid of anybody. But the administration is throwing all of its eggs into the vaccine basket. A vaccine which, by the way, was given to them by the Trump administration, actually bought and paid for by the Trump administration. Do you remember when progressives used to hate Big Pharma? Who do you think is making money hand over fist? Do you think that Big Pharma is giving these vaccines for free to the government? No. But I digress. That's a whole different topic. Um, So... If you're vaccinated, you can still carry a viral load, full viral load of the COVID virus or one of its variants, and equally that you can pass it on to others just as if you were unvaccinated. Again, what is apparent is the vaccine does not do what a vaccine is supposed to do, which is prevent the disease. So, having said that, So now we have the Biden administration who wants to break into your house, strap you on a gurney, and stick a needle in your arm. Make no mistake, they never said that. So don't put words in my mouth. That's what you should infer from a government mandate. Is that they put the gun to your head whether it's a G-man or woman putting the gun to your head, or whether it's your paycheck. It's the government gun. Period. And so the Supreme Court heard arguments today. Now, Unlike progressives who frequently attack the, con- the conservative or conservative-leaning and Justice Roberts, uh, justices of the court, frequently smearing uh, Justice Thomas, frequently smearing Justice uh, Amy Coney Barrett and Alito and Kavanaugh, Lib has refrained from, other than referring to Ruth Bader Ginsburg as Ruth Buzzy Ginsburg, even though I would point out to you that if you look at their voting records over the years, you will find 
that when it comes to taking positions that are determined, predetermined to be either conservative or progressive, you have a far more diverse set of judges sitting on the conservative side. Because you already know how, well, the late uh, Justice Ginsburg, uh, Stephen Breyer, Elena Kagan, and um, Sotomayor, whose first name I can't remember offhand. They don't even need to hear the argument because you know how they're going to come down. They are as reliable as rain. I'm sorry. They are as reliable as the earth rotating through space. I don't want to say the sun comes up because, you know, the Aztecs had a little issue with that where they'd sacrifice hundreds a day to um, get the sun to rise or something like that. But I am going to point out some things. So when you have these arguments, they become part of the official record. And when justices ask questions or make statements, that statement becomes a part of the record. And just like in the uh, the Russia collusion hearings and or the first impeachment where Adam Schiff uh, made up a transcript based on his discussion with the whistleblower, that fabrication that Schiff made up was read into the congressional record. And so when historians look back, they are going to assume that it is true. Well, the same thing happened today. Sonia, Sonia, that's the name, Sonia Mayor. Sonia Sotomayor, I apologize. She made several blatantly false statements which are now read into the court's records. And so when people review the case, they will assume that these statements are true. For example, she said that the latest variant, the Omicron variant, is just as deadly as the previous Delta variant. This is patently false. It has been proven false. It is a lie. Should she be impeached over it? No. Oh, let's go on, shall we? She said that currently over 100,000 children are in serious condition and on ventilators for the disease. Um, according to Department of Health and Human Services, the federal government's uh, branch of that, there are currently 3,342 pediatric patients in hospitals, not in ventilators. In fact, many or most of those 
are in the hospital for something else, but they have COVID. But she's not alone. Justice Breyer. Hospitals are almost full to the point of being completely full. Not true. And if they are full, as I pointed out last week in Vermont, where ERs are filling up with uh, people who have taken the home test that are asymptomatic, meaning they are showing no symptoms of COVID. So they get a positive on the home test. And so what do they do? They go to the ER to get the real test. Even though they're not sick. Or they're not displaying symptoms of being sick. I don't want to go on because I've already gone long long enough. Here's the point. These falsehoods are being made as statements of fact. They are part of the Supreme Court record. And for however this case is decided, which I suspect will be a five or six, five to four, six, three in favor of lifting at least the OSHA mandate. You never know. Should be a nine nothing. But it won't be because, you know, you'll have three on the other side. The best you can hope for is 6-3. People will go back and say, if they've got 100,000 kids in hospitals on ventilators, why aren't they doing something about it? History will look back and will ask that question. How important were Justice Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Barrett? Well, you can when you consider the alternative to Gorsuch, which was uh, Merrick Garland, and his sicking the FBI on parents complaining at PTA meetings. I guess we're pretty lucky that McConnell was the majority leader and that President Trump was able to nominate three justices to the Supreme Court because of Harry Reid changing the rules. Of course, had Harry had the Democrats not started the process of filibustering judges, that might not that wouldn't have been necessary. Because every single one of those justices is well qualified. Elections matter. That's why it's so important that as we come up to this election year that that the Senate holds the line that 
Senator Manchin, Senator Sinema, mean what they say when they want to uphold the filibuster. Wouldn't it be horrific if the Democrats realizing that they could not get their wacko agenda passed actually started talking to Republicans? On second thought, that is pretty horrific because whenever you talk about true bipartisanship in the Congress, what that means is more money is coming out of your or my pocket. It's the Snake River Lib. Have a great night.